to Adrian Has Issues. I'm Adrian, and I'm super, super ridiculously excited because um, today's guest is a uh, writer of some, some of my favorite work, actually, in the last year. Um, let's see. She's worked on some creator-owned stuff, such as M3, as well as the unauthorized biography of Winston Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. She's also worked on... Um, Revenge, the Secret Origin of Emily Thorne from Marvel Comics and ABC. Uh, she's also worked with Neil Adams on Batman Odyssey. I'm going to just shut up and just introduce her. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today, Erica Schultz. Erica, how you doing? Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you. Like, I was just, I, I guess, well, technically, I met you. This is going back, I would say, over last summer. This was special edition NYC. At, um, yes, it was. Yeah. I think it was in June, June or July. Wow, it seems like that just happened, and I'm already getting advertisements for the next uh, special edition. Yeah, they sent the emails out already. Which is absolutely nuts. Okay, well, just a little bit of a preface. Special edition NYC is um, a read pop comic book convention basically imagine comic-con just a little smaller and actually about comics i'll put it to you the best way possible yes there it was actually about comics it was actually uh you know had there were no tv celebrities there were no you know none of the people from none of the actors from walking dead had booths or anything like that and i didn't get bum rushed by vanessa williams like i did one year what? Yeah, um, complete aside, I know, completely steamrolling this by talking about something completely unrelated. No, it's totally fine. I, I want to hear this. I was um, on the show floor, this is maybe two, three years ago. What was the show she had on ABC? It wasn't Apartment 23, it was... There was, well, there was Ugly Betty she was on for a while. We're talking Vanessa Williams, actress, like, former model, former right. Playboy Playmate, singer. Yeah, save the best for last, Vanessa Williams. Okay, okay. Yeah, she was on um she was on Ugly Betty on ABC for a while and she was also she, the 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 B in 23 that must have been it because she was on something it was ABC related. See, now I feel bad about talking shit about ABC because <laughs> I mean you've done work for um an ABC yeah, property. I've, hey, you know what? I I was contracted. My contract is up with them. You say whatever you want, darling. It ain't going through me. Awesome. Okay, I don't feel so bad now. So, I'm on the floor <laughs> and I'm sure you've been on, like, a convention floor, and sometimes you'll see, like, the people riding around on maybe stretchers or, like, you know, because someone may be passed out or something happened. So yeah. So you'll see, like, those little medical carts. So yeah. I heard, I saw a lot of flashing and people yelling. So I'm like, oh, God, someone hit the floor. Something's going on. Next thing I hear a bunch of people, out of the way, please step aside, out of the way, move. And I'm like, okay, let me move out of the way because I'm like, someone obviously needs medical attention. No, it's actually an entourage and there's photographers and there's bouncers and these guys are like huge. Like I'm a pretty big guy, like and one of their arms was like my thigh. So they're like standing aside. I thought I was out of the way, and then next thing you know, some guy shoves me. And I'm like, What? what? The hell? And oh, it's like, excuse me, please. And I'm like, Okay, well someone big is coming through. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe it's like Lou Ferrigno, maybe it's Harrison Ford, someone that's at least remotely related to Comic Con. No, just Vanessa Williams. <laughs> She was heading, I don't know if she was heading to or from, I guess she was doing an interview for, I guess, one of her the ABC appearances on the actual show floor. And don't get me wrong, she looked fantastic, but I'm like, this is a lot of work for a comic book convention. And that's why I love Special Edition, because you didn't get any of that. 
No, there were. I mean, there were no. There were no celebrities there. I mean, if there were any celebrities there, they were there as fans, not as, not there to get you know autographs. Not there to have people ask them for autographs. Right. And prior to even knowing about all of your work with, I well, actually, I think you did have a couple of advertisements up for your work with the book Revenge, M three. That was the book that pretty much spoke to me and. M3 is a fantastic crime series, and I'm not going to lie, and it's it's pretty terrible to say, I mean, you know, badass chick with a gun sometimes has a tendency to be a cliche in and of itself in terms of comic books, but your book did it in such a way where it was natural, it was it was actually cool, and it was she was a full-fleshed character as opposed to just being this, usually that archetype, so... I don't know if you want to maybe give a little background exactly to what M3 is for those of us who may not know. Or um, M3 is about an assassin, as you said. Uh, her name is Machiavella Maria Marcona, and that's where the moniker M3 comes from. And um, she is an assassin. In the first story arc, she's an assassin who's being tracked down by the FBI, by a particular FBI agent named Chris Morris. And um, at the end of the first story arc, you see that she's sort of turned the tables on her handlers. Um, the second story arc, which uh, volume two is going to be coming out, uh, my, my printer is, is putting the books together as we speak, and he's going to be um, sending me a gigantic, you know, I, I have no idea how many boxes are going to show up at my apartment, but I'm basically <laughs> going to recreate my apartment in boxes. Um, so volume two is coming. Um, but in volume two, we see that she and the FBI agent who is tracking her down sort of reconcile and, uh, and they work together on, uh, on another case. So, um, it was when I, when I started, you know, thinking about the story and putting everything together, I didn't want it to be your typical chick with a gun where, you know, she's running around in bikinis and seducing people left and right. I mean, and not that there's anything wrong with that. No, not necessarily. Oh, bro, just so you know, like, I, you know, I wasn't necessarily slamming anybody who does those kind of stories, but it is nice to see a different take on that, you know. Well, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. I, I, I mean, and I have no problem with, you know, people writing that stuff. I mean, that's, that's fine. Um, but I, that's just not something that I wanted to write. I, I wanted my, my, I guess M3 was pretty much my first, uh, writing assignment out of the, out the gate. And I wanted to, wanted it to be a little different. Um, so Vicente Alcazar, who's a good friend of mine, um, I got him involved to do the art and he was just phenomenal. And he's most known for, uh, for his work on Jonah Hex for DC. So I pulled, I pulled in a ringer on this one. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I mean, everybody really was very, they were very happy with it. And, you know, I got a lot of really good, uh, got a lot of really good press with it. I had gotten it in front of an editor over at Marvel, um, and she, you know, pushed it around and I got a call in January, not this January, but January 2014 to work on the revenge book. And it was basically because of my work on M3 you know, that I showed, hey, look, I can I can do strong women that don't have to, you know, walk around in their bra all the time. <laughs> and that's actually a show that I really had, unfortunately, didn't give much pause when it first premiered, only because, I guess in terms of ABC, I've never actually 
watch them in great detail. A lot of the shows, like let's say Castle or even, I think probably Agent Carter is like the most like recent ABC show that I've watched, you know, mm-hmm. like really, really amped up about. But I guess Revenge, it was kind of this really cool take on, not really nighttime shows, but to me, it almost reminded me of like the Punisher and the Hamptons. <laughs> Well, it's kind of like it's the way it was described to me originally when uh, when I was working on the um, on the graphic novel was it's kind of like Gossip Girl meets the Count of Monte Cristo. Far better explanation than my rundown, actually. (laughs) You know, but but that's that was basically what it was. Was it what, what it was described to me as? And. I had been familiar with it. I mean, I had watched one or two episodes, but it wasn't something that I had really kept up with. Right. Um, and then when I when I got the gig, I was like, "Uh oh, now I gotta, now I really gotta do my homework." So I uh, luckily it was on Netflix. So I literally like an entire weekend. I just binged on Netflix for a whole weekend. I locked myself in the bedroom, you know, <laughs> kissed kissed my husband goodbye. And locked myself in the bedroom and just watched, you know, episode after episode after episode with a pad and paper next to me taking notes um, on, you know, different phrases that characters would say, you know, dialogue ideas coming off the top of my head and then turning around and uh, writing it down and saying, oh, is this something that this character would actually say and you know, just trying to make sure that whatever I was coming up with was going to be, you know, for people who are fans of the show, it was going to be kind of seamless. Awesome. So getting back to M3 a little bit. So exactly how did that project start? Was this something that you had on like, because I know, you know, with a lot of writers, you know, they always have like that sort of that pet project that they've sort of been cultivating for over years and years and then finally getting to this place where they're finally able to kind of push it out there. Or was this something that you kind of pretty much just did? It was like, you know what? I know I'm doing all this other work. I just, but I need to do this. Everything is getting shut out for the time being. <laughs> um. M3 actually came about, I had gotten into a really bad car accident in oh, 2008. Yeah. <laughs> I had gotten into a really bad car accident. And it's so funny because it's like I tell people, I was like, well, M3 came out because, you know, I was recuperating from a really horrible car accident. I was like, oh, my God, it's horrible. I'm like, Yeah, no, I'm like, oh, jeez. I'm like, well, clearly you're okay. I've seen you in person. Yes. <laughs> no, clearly, clearly I'm okay. Um, but it was, it was a, it was a pretty bad car accident. And, um, and I had more than one broken bone and uh and I was laid up for a while. And you know, when you're when you really have nothing better to do than just think, you know, you're I'm watching a lot of TV, I'm you know, thinking about where my career's going to go, all this stuff. Um and I just started thinking about people, about characters, about you know, little aspects and attributes of people that I know and how I could sort of jam them all into like a new person. Um, And Machiavella is kind of like a collage of people that I've met and characters that I've written about in notebooks that are collecting dust in my closet kind of thing. (laughs) And so she's, she's sort of like an amalgam. I basically took Every person that I, every like little, you know, BC list character that I've written that didn't have enough legs to really go out on their own and push them all together. And the scar, the scar is very important to me. And, and 
and the reason is this, and it's a very personal reason. Um, from that car accident, I uh, my face was was pretty badly damaged, and I ended up having to see a plastic surgeon and stuff like that. Um, and when I was writing M three, I hadn't seen the plastic surgeon yet, and the scar that she has on her face is much worse than what what I would have had. But it was what I had pictured. You know, you always you always picture in your own head the worst case scenario. Right. And in my own head, I pictured that I was going to be left with this very long scar, very large, long scar. And when I got the first pages back from Vicente, um, I had, I, you know, when I had gotten the pages back from Vicente, I'd already had the plastic surgery. I'd already seen the doctor and everything. Um, and I still have a small scar on my, on my left cheek, but it's not as bad as it was going to be. And, uh, I remember looking at it and I remember thinking to myself, my God, she's so beautiful. And I remember almost just a little bit feeling ashamed about, about, being so angry about the whole scar and everything. And it's this, you know, this whole thing of like, oh, if I have a scar, am I still attracted? You know, you know, it's just really stupid crap that you think well, about. I wouldn't necessarily say it's stupid, though, but I mean, let's be honest, though, we as people, we do care. I mean, I know a lot of times we're told we shouldn't care about those sort of things that are on the surface, but it really But let's does be honest, yeah. We really do. Exactly. Whether it be any sort of like scar, maybe your weight or anything else, like we really do. I mean, this is. This is what people are going to see, you know. Unfortunately, we can't really hide behind, you know, masks or things like that. So, exactly, you know, people are very self-conscious. So, believe me, that's not necessarily anything that's stupid. Well, I mean, I felt, I kind of felt like I had gotten so hung up on on it that, you know, he and here he did. Here he drew her beautifully, and still she had this like very debilitating scar on her face. Um, when we got to book five. And it's and, and and people think I'm crazy for saying this, but there's there's a scene in book five where we see her and she just had the the scar patched up. So she has these almost like I call them Frankenstein stitches where you see this big scar and these big black stitches. And that's basically what I had. I had, you know, uh, from the accident, I had a black eye. I had, you know, I had cracked my cheek. I really I got very, very badly damaged in this accident. And so I had these like big black stitches in my face. And for whatever reason, the way Vicente drew it, I can look at that panel and I want to smile and I want to cry at the same time <laughs> because it's beautiful to me. And it, and it really did help me come to terms with the physical healing and the emotional healing. I mean, you know, I mean, physical scars heal, but, you know, going through, through something like a car accident, there's an emotional aspect to it as well. Absolutely. Um, and it and it really did help me. And his his artwork and the way he portrayed her helped me sort of heal from all that. And 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 you know so. But anyway, I just got way too deep. Oh my god, I got no, way too that's heavy. Fantastic. I got way too <laughs> no, heavy. No, because Sorry. you know what though, I think <laughs> that really comes through even in the story itself of Machiavella because. You know, as you ran it down, I'm like, holy crap, like, that's the character I read, you know, going through those same things. I mean, the flashback sequence, of course, going into her family and what happens. I'm trying not to, like, you know, throw a whole bunch of spoilers in. 
but it's it's heart wrenching. You know, this isn't just your typical like Batman. You know, some mugger comes in, guns down his parents, and feel bad. But this was really. There's no Joe Chill in this. <laughs> no, there's. <laughs> you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Or I don't even know what the the line was, but there really is just like there's no. It's it's not as cliched. I mean, I actually read that I was on at work one day at a lunch break, and I'm reading this. I'm like. It was kind of hard to read, and it's been a while since I've really been truly disturbed by a book, but almost in the best way possible, where it's like, you know, you really felt for this, this girl, it's like, holy crap, this isn't, you know, a fly-by-night origin story, like, this is pretty terrible, but then, to then go from such a traumatic experience, and then to kind of push past that, it's... It's it was a it was a really really great moment in that book and just from hearing your story as far as the accent it's now I see you know the parallels between I guess your personal story Machiavella's and you know I guess maybe I didn't I realized the book was very personal to you I just didn't realize just how personal it was well my parents are still alive you know well I'm, <laughs> well well I I was really hoping they they didn't you know suffer a similar fate because no oof that would be a little heady no um no but it's it it was a it was a very personal book um simply because it was the first time I really put myself out there um I mean I had been published uh I've been published uh, previously as a uh, in in poetry anthologies and stuff, but I was always published under a pseudonym. So the, okay. this is pretty much the first time I put myself out there under my name, and it was like, "Hey, hi, how are you? I'm here," and uh, <laughs> and it's you know going to conventions. I mean, that's where I met you. I met you at a convention. I kind of explained to people, you know, going to conventions um, is kind of like being a fish at a at a pet store. It's like you, people walk by and you're a fish in the aquarium and you're like swimming up against the glass going, pick me, pick me. I, you know, you want to take me home in a, in a nice plastic bag so I can bang my head up against the plastic until, you know, you, you put me in a, in a nice little bowl. Um, and you, you really, it's frustrating going to conventions and, but you know, you, you do it. That's the only way to sort of get out there for the people that can sell their books and not be at conventions. God bless you. You know, you've, you've arrived me. I haven't, I haven't gotten to that point yet. I still sort of got my, got to get my face out there. So, um, but you know, it is what it is. You just got to keep plugging away. But I think you've done a pretty good job. And I mean, I've met a lot of people, you know, at, you know, comic book conventions and even at the special um, edition, mm-hmm. but I guess it was cool just your general approach to, you know, how you present the book. Because, you know, it's a general high, but there was just something about, I guess, your approach and, of course, explaining a little bit about what M3 was. And then you were so awesome to do the, uh, you know, the bumper for the show. And I oh, thought that yeah, was really cool. the Adrian Atlas bumper. I remember that. Right. And then, of course, it's like, well, I feel bad now. It's like, hey, have you finally on the show? But, of course, the show's been rebooted, so, well. It's, dude, it's totally fine. If, you, if if after you want me to do another one, I'm more than happy to. That'd be fantastic. Sure. But, you know, that was just, I had such a great time just chatting with you and your husband. And it was just kind of cool how the two of you worked together. Yeah. He's, and... he's, he's my slave. <laughs> but he does it so willingly. I guess he can't really consider it slavery. <laughs> true, true. I mean, he's he really he enjoys comics very, very much, and he he loves the book, and he really believes in what in what we're doing, what Vincent and I have put together. And um, 
I I know some people whose spouses don't always like really agree. Either they're not comic fans, or they don't really want their spouse to be involved in comics, and and that's tough. I got to be honest. If my husband didn't support me in this, and and like if my and I'm not saying like support me like you know hey baby you can quit your job you know kind of thing I wish <laughs> no but if if my husband didn't wasn't there to help me at conventions to read over scripts to let me bounce ideas off of um I don't know if I could do this I mean he really has been you know the rock in this whole thing and I'm very very lucky that he's so as enthusiastic about it as I am. Um, and really, I, I mean, if, if he wasn't, if he just thought, oh, well, this is kind of a dumb, you know, you and your dumb little, you know, comic stuff, I, oh, that would have been, that never, oh, that would be terrible. And I had imagine you basically being like, uh, yeah, hell no, this is not a little dumb project. (laughs) I pretty much like, there's blood in this ink. I don't know if you can see this or not. (laughs) Well, there is, there is blood in the ink and, uh, and, you know, thank God it's mine and not his. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um do you know how many people have come up to me though and said to me oh is this like your autobiography i was like what wait what i don't kill people like i mean even if you do i don't judge and i don't you know i've never <laughs> even actually if you did kill to... people it'd be totally fine erica totally yeah fine. Like, hopefully you didn't kill anybody i know you know it's just <laughs> or maybe it's like a vigilante thing maybe you only kill people who killed others you know what i mean like the lowest of the low i don't know I don't know. You did write for revenge. Oh shoot! Now, oh great. Well, now I'm talking to convicted felon. convicted felon Erica Schultz. <laughs> but that's no alleged, and... alleged. Oh, I'm sorry, alleged. Ooh, let me not uh, get into any sort of legal uh, <laughs> wrangling here. Oof, dodge the bullet on that one. You might, you might, you might get a letter from my lawyer. My attorney might be contacting you. Oh shoot! Now it's okay. Well, I was going to say, well, can you at least, when he does file the papers, <laughs> can you at least just promote the show? That's all I really care about. <laughs> exactly. I'll make sure that they are in the, uh, the uh, whatchamacallit, the, what do they call it? When they, they, the legal brief or something? Yes. I don't know. He, he, my, the, my I actually, I do have an attorney, um, but he's, uh, he and my husband went to college together. So, I mean, it's. You know, you get on the phone with your attorney, and you're supposed to be all like, you know, formal. And I'm like, "Yo, what up, Mike? What's going on?" And he's like, "Hey, how's it going?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I would figure it makes it a lot easier that way. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, 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 I'm a pretty casual person. I can be formal if I need to, but I'm a pretty casual person just because I don't like air, like I don't like people putting on airs. There's a lot of bullshit in the world. <laughs> you're from New Jersey. It's kind of, it's you know, it's par for the course. Yeah, and there's a lot of bullshit in the world. And there's a lot of people that just sort of, like, say things just to say things and tr- try to, like, sound cool. Yeah, I, I really don't care. <laughs> I don't care about that crap. You know, I, I know that I can be a total dork. And I'm perfectly fine admitting that. <laughs> like, I'm a total tool bag. I know that. <laughs> I I own I own me be I own my tool baggery. All right. I I totally do. To thine own self be true. Yes, exactly. This above all to thine own self be true. That's uh that is actually Polonius, I believe, who said that. That is awesome. You know what I <laughs> I don't even remember what I was going to say. It's like, you know what? That, that's awesome. I believe it was Polonius who said that. I could be wrong because it's been a really long time since I've had to sh- study Shakespeare. 
uh, for a while in like junior year. That's that's all they kept cramming down our throats. And now I'm like, oh, so this is actually pretty cool. Later on, you know, like literally about a decade later, but that's all right. Well, it's one of the easiest lines to do with iambic pentameter. It's this above all to thy own self be true, you know, kind of thing. Whereas the rest of trying to read it in iambic pentameter, you're just kind of like, you just sound like an idiot. Yeah, to your average high school student, it, it definitely, it, it was painful to read. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But, you know, hey, he, he is supposed to be the master. Supposed to be, I said. You know. But it's pretty cool, though, like, considering that, you know, the one thing that did sort of catch my eye when talking to you for the first time at the convention was the, um, I guess, the motion comic teaser for... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the motion comic. Which, yeah. Which is pretty badass. And of course, after, you know, reading your bio later on, I'm like, holy crap, you worked on the Astonishing X-Men gifted motion comic? I'm like... Yeah, I did. Which is... I was like, how did not people know more about that? Like, I actually watched it on Netflix. Like, Yeah, it is on Netflix. Like, and it's kind of scary because it's one of these things where it's like, blinking, you miss my name. <laughs> I tell people, I was like, look, look, you got to see it. And they're like, I didn't see you. I was like... You gotta go frame by frame, or you're gonna miss my name in the credits. <laughs> then, like, what do they put the name in between, like the flashes from, like, you know, the the opening? Yeah, exactly. No, um, we're we're actually credited. Um, the animators are credited uh, in the in the closings, the closing credits. The opening credits, I think, only have uh, Cassidy, Whedon, uh, Neil Adams, and I think the um, I forget the the Edge Studio. I think is who did the. Um, the audio. So how'd you get um, involved in that project? Because that's, like I said, I that was really, really cool. I, um, I had known... I had worked in advertising for a really long time. And uh, when I left advertising, one of, I mean, one of the things that I had done while I was in advertising was uh, I had worked with Neil's studio on, um, on some ad pieces... Uh, I guess I could say which ones. Uh, I, I worked on Pringles, and uh, we had done some stuff over at Neil's studio because um, he does commercial work for Pringles and stuff. And, um, huh. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, and Continuity Studios does advertising as well as comic book stuff. And um, they were looking for uh, Photoshop artists and animators. And at the time, I was a Photoshop artist, so I, um, I'd been brought in to work on that and then while I was there I was really eager to learn more about animation I'd never been um, traditionally taught animation and uh, one of the animators there was did digital animation but he was also traditionally trained and he sat down and sort of taught me uh, a thing or two and then you know I played with it on my own and uh, I ended up not only doing you know Photoshop work and being like a colorist and 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 stuff on uh, on the the motion comic, but I also then started doing all the animation. And what was interesting is that where I seemed to excel was with the lip sync animation. And the only thing that we could possibly explain as to why I could do the lip sync animation better than anybody else is that I play music by ear. And interesting. And like that's that's kind of a cool that's, thing to kind of figure out. That's the only thing that makes sense because I I don't know anything any other reason why I would be very good at this and it's something that I literally just like picked up boom and ran with it. 
And the animator who was teaching me had learned, like I said, traditionally as well as uh, he would do digital animation. And, um, and he turned around and he said, I've never seen anybody pick this up so quickly. And, um, and he's a musician himself. And he says, you know, do you play any instruments? And I said, yeah, I play piano and I play guitar really badly. <laughs> um, and he asked me if I played guitar, if I read sheet music or I play tab, which is like a, a kind of a shorthand um, way of sheet music for guitar. And I said, I can read tab a little bit, but I can't read sheet music with a damn. It's like, it looks like, you know, foreign language to me. Um, and I say, I mostly play by ear. And he kind of thought for a second. He says, I think that's what it is. Because when I when a lot of people do animation, do lip sync animation, they sort of have the script next to them, and they break down the script and say, okay, these mouth these uh, syllables are going to be these mouth positions, and okay. um, I don't do that. I just listen to the track, and in my head, I know which mouth position is which sound, and I just do it, and it's sort of like on autopilot. And, uh, and I recognize the, the sound, you know, the ah sound or the ooh sound or whatever. And I know that that corresponds with this particular mouth. And that's the, the mouth that I need to have showing at that particular time. And it's just, it was really a bizarre thing. But boom, it just, it just kind of happened. And we think it's because I, I play music very, very badly, but I play it by ear. <laughs> Which is funny because, you know, my husband plays like three instruments and he can sight read music and, you know, whatever. And he's, you know, like a walking Von Trapp family. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I, I know like three decent chords on the guitar. And, you know. Well, if you know only three chords, that's all you really need to know. Yeah, any any band, pop so. song is three chords. I think it's like G, E and C, I think are like any three pop songs have those three chords in it. And then there you go. So in other words, you could have easily been in a band this whole time, and you know what? <laughs> I, I think you missed a golden opportunity, Erica. You know, forget comics. Clearly, I think pop music is the best way to go. Yeah, exactly. That that would be great. Or you could start like writing like the music for your own comics, kind of like what was that? Um, was it? I believe it was the Next Wave Agents of Hate for Marvel, where like in the like the I guess the notes of the uh, the trade paperback are actually the guitar. Uh, the chords to how to play the theme song that's right oh man yeah i i wouldn't be i wouldn't be that good although the the motion comic that we have for m3 the motion comic trailer that song called scarecrows is actually an original song that a friend of mine wrote for m3 oh cool did they have like um is there like a full version of that song because that was one thing i actually really thought was cool in the trailer was that song um i believe the song the trailer is about 90 seconds and i believe the song is a minute 45 i'm not entirely sure i'd have to go back to the to the raw file um okay but my but my friend ryan hobler who is a musician um an audio engineer um we had you know we'd been having dinner with him and his wife and we we're talking about, oh, well, you know, maybe we'll do like a motion comic or something like that. And he said, I would love to write a song. And what are you going to say if somebody says they want to write a song for your comic book? Um, other than hell yes. And when do we start? Um, pretty much there's nothing else you can yeah. say. I was just like, okay. I was like, I can't, I can't pay you <laughs> As for like the it. the food kind of falls out of your mouth. Exactly. I was like, I can't pay you for it. And he's like, doesn't matter. I, I want to do it. I'm like, all right. And it was interesting because he, um, the song is kind of like gritty and rocky. 
and he's very he's a folk musician so get the hell out of yeah here. he is he's a folk musician and so <laughs> he really he actually really enjoyed the process because he said i got way out of my comfort zone um because he's always playing piano and you know and and playing acoustic guitar and here he's like picking up an electric and like working with drum beats and things like that. And he says, like, you know, I got way out of my comfort zone, but I really enjoyed the process and I liked it. And, and I was like giving him, I was giving him scripts and, you know, outlines about where the story was going so he could get some inspiration and, you know, um, giving him different pieces of music that I, I kind of liked the tempo of. And then I just said, Hey, you know, I don't want to give you too much. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to act like I'm leading you, you know, you do what you, what you're going to do. And then he came back and, um, he came back with the song scarecrows and it was just fantastic. And then another friend of ours who, um, owns his own sound agency did sound design on it, which was pretty awesome. So we have like the, uh, the punch, the kick, the, knife getting thrown the uh the clank of the um handcuffs the the police siren all these little like sound effects and sound designy kind of things um Howard and his team put together so i basically called in every favor <laughs> i had from anybody <laughs> and uh and they helped me out a lot but you know what i've noticed a lot in terms of especially with independent work that seems to be the case and to tell you the truth personally i always kind of like when that like how that normally happens you love it when a plan comes together as you chew on your cigar damn it i was actually gonna make an 18 reference before <laughs> you beat me to it. i love me some hannibal <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i was gonna say well unfortunately i guess hopefully you know your plan didn't involve you know flipping vans or you know or, or like uh, i have to okay not to get off topic for a second, but, you know, we're going to get off topic. Oh, anyway. please. We're totally going to get off topic. That's okay. That's kind of like the point of my show. I love it. Um, I actually really liked the movie. You too? I actually really, really liked that movie. People bashed it, but it was a lot of fun. I liked the movie. I even have it on Blu-ray. I will say it. I don't have it on Blu-ray, which I need to get it. I think that came out, I think, was it the same summer as one of the Expendables? And yeah. it was after seeing that, and I'm like, I was a little disappointed by the first one. But then the A-Team comes out, and I'm like, this cast looks pretty dumb. You know what? Let's just go see this. It was me and my cousin and a mutual friend of ours. And to tell you the truth, I had this big grin on my face, like that same grin I used to have when I would watch reruns as a kid of the A-Team. Yeah. And that's kind of it. It's supposed to be dumb. Like, there's no real reason to take this seriously. And you know what? It, it They did it. They nailed it. And they had the same fun. They had the same fun as the show, you know, they really did. And, and it was, yeah. And it's silly. Let's be honest. I mean, it's, it's silly. Who's really going to stay like nail, um, a bunch of airbags to a shipping container and throw <laughs> it into the water. And like, I mean, absolute absurdity, completely and utterly crazy, but it was all fun. <laughs> But before that movie even came out, like I saw a couple of trailers, but just enough to be like, okay, maybe I'll go see this in theaters. So that whole tank sequence where they're pretty much flying a tank. That was awesome! Was, 
And I'm like, I'm sitting there in the theater of like, they didn't do this. They think they did this. And once, once you kind of get past that maybe initial five seconds of what the shit's going on, <laughs> it became one of these gleefully ridiculous moments. I'm like, you know what? Every so often, I like seeing a comic book on the screen just being completely cartoonish. And that's exactly what it was. It was 100% cartoonish. And anybody who took it too seriously missed the point. And it's a shame because I don't think there's ever going to be a sequel and that hurts me. It was just so much bloody fucking fun. I mean, let's just be honest. It was just a lot of fun and just, and, and, you know, I mean, I know plenty of people that were like, that movie sucked. Like, I want my $5 back or whatever. <laughs> $5. I was like, what was that? I guess on Redbox maybe? <laughs> it's like, no, dude. I mean, you just, just have to sort of let yourself go. You can't take any of it too seriously. Um, I thought, uh, what's his face? Oh, God. District 9. Help me with his name. Oh, um, Charlotte Copeland? Yes, thank you. I thought he was perfect as Murdoch. They they took a helicopter and did a loop-de-loop with it. Let's be honest. It is not physically possible you can't do a loop loop with a helicopter i mean wait what are you talking about you didn't i did that at the last did you not hear the last episode that's actually how i recorded it (laughs) it's like it was just so stupidly fun but that was the whole point it was just supposed to be fun but whatever yes i own the blu-ray and i am not ashamed to say that i own that blu-ray Damn it! I was gonna say, can we just talk? Spend the whole rest of the show like you know what forget your comic books i'm sorry let's talk about the a team -team. i I don't know. I, I just really enjoyed the, but yeah, it was just, it's crazy. Like, I really love those stories where, you know, you get like a comp creator and when people kind of get behind their work in a way where, and I understand like, you know what, I'm all about artists, especially independent artists, you know, being able to sort of like earn away with their work. So it's not like, you know, everybody should necessarily do it for free, but it's so cool when people get behind somebody's work and saying, like, I dig this so much, I'm going to go out of my way to help you, you know, get this project realized. Yeah. Because I feel like that should really happen more, and maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but that is an awesome story. But back to the (laughs) (laughs) ATM. But it's funny, you go on about how, you know, M3, while it does definitely have its, you know, fun moments, it's a, a very dark book. Yeah. And I don't mean not to be off-putting, it's a very dark book, but as you said, you have your dorkier side, <laughs> which I guess is going to segue into Uh-oh. this, um, was it Winston Churchill? Oh, God. <laughs> I, actually, I picked this up, what is this, um, this past Comic-Con, um, 2014? Was it, was it New York, remember, 2014? I think it was... I think it was New York Comic Con okay. because I bought the book from you because I um, was going to say hi anyway. And then I was going to actually come back to see um, Claire to get his signs and um, Claire Connolly, who um, did the art on the war- um, on the book. And I guess I missed her. But I'm like, well, before you know, I get this thing signed, I want to read this. I'm sitting in – this was – I think I was actually in Penn Station. <laughs> Just sitting on like the floor by New Jersey Transit. Don't ever sit on the floor in Penn Station, ever, it was dude. A mistake. It was. I, I. You can't get that stick off you, any. Ugh. I can't. I I burn those jeans. Don't worry about it. Good. I don't, Cleanse I don't with fire. <laughs> Put them in the bag and just throw them in the incinerator. And as soon as you throw them into the fire, you can hear like these things screaming. You hear like like the it's like the ghost of homeless past. <laughs> 
It's horrible. horrible. It's as if like the thousand vagrants screamed <laughs> and were suddenly silenced. <laughs> and then you just scream Alderaan and don't forget there's two A's at the end. Oh, God, I remember what I was talking about now. Oh, so I'm reading this book, and I'm pretty much, like, hyper-caffeinated. And I'm going to myself, because, honestly, other than the cover itself is amazing. It's Winston Churchill riding a dinosaur, flipping people off. And I'm like, if that doesn't sell a book, I don't know what the hell will. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm already in for a weird time. And the, the whole time I'm reading this book, I just, it was just this biggest mind fuck and i'm like i absolutely loved it and he, like how did this book even come about because i'm like this is so out of left field from everything i've read from you like as far as revenge and m3 yeah so i'm like well this clearly puts things in the other end of the spectrum so how did what is the inspiration for the unauthorized biography of winston church okay so i was working with a particular artist who will remain nameless and okay. um he asked me to find him some reference. So I said, okay. And he says, find me a photograph of a dinosaur. And I said, do you mean a photograph of dinosaur's bones? And he says, no, I want a photograph of a dinosaur. Wait, what? And I was like, uh, I get, get you a photograph of the dinosaur. And he tells me it's the internet and you can find anything on the internet. And I said, I, I know that. And I acknowledge that, but there are no photographs of dinosaurs. And he got really, really pissed. And he's like, Jurassic fucking park. And I'm like, okay, but that's not a photograph oh. of a dinosaur. I was like, I want you to admit that it's not a photograph of a dinosaur. <laughs> and he's like, just fucking do it. I'm like, okay, but it's not a photograph <laughs> of a dinosaur, but I'll do it anyway. So I was like, God, so, geez. so I went and I got some screen grabs of Jurassic park. But um, I was talking to Claire, and I said, he wouldn't admit to me that it's not a photo of a dinosaur. Next thing you know, he's going to want a picture of Winston Churchill riding a dinosaur or flipping people off through Parliament. And she's like, that would make an awesome commission. I'm like, well, go for it. So Claire drew what ended up becoming the cover. So flash forward a um, couple of months, and I hadn't seen Claire in a while, and okay. uh I saw her at Free Comic Book Day last year. There's a great shop in Wilmington, Delaware called The Comic Book Shop. It is owned by an amazing, wonderful couple, Sarah and Patrick Titus. And I adore these two people. They are wonderful. They have a great shop. It is pro-everybody. It is uh, animal-friendly. Um, it's, it's a shop where if a woman comes into, uh, comes into the shop and she doesn't know anything about comics, but she wants to learn things, she's not going to be, you know, she's not going to be, uh, uh, ostracized. She, she's not going to have a bad experience because any one of the women who actually work there, Kim, Ivy, Sarah, whomever will just be like, okay. And all the dudes who work there are cool as hell. Anyway, Jamie Duffy, <laughs> you know, Alex, they're all cool as hell. Patrick, of course. So, um, so free comic book day, I was down at, uh, at Sarah and Patrick's shop and, uh, so was Claire. So Claire said, oh, you can pick up your commission from me. So I pick up this commission <laughs> and it ends up becoming the cover of the book. But Claire's sister Paige is also an illustrator and Paige says to us, she's like, look, this is too epic to just sort of 
be a fly by night. Like, this has to be something. Right? You have to do something with this. So I just kind of, like, looked at it for a second, and I said to Claire, I was like, all right, give me, give me some time. She's like, all right. So I went back to my table, and about three hours later, I had a handwritten, mostly a handwritten script. And I told Claire, I was like, I'm going to type this up tonight. I'm going to send you an email in the morning. She's like, all right. So I did. I went home. I typed it up. I made a couple of changes from from the original uh, handwritten piece. I sent it to Claire. She writes me back. And I think the email just says, fucking epic. Like, I think that's what the email said. <laughs> that's the only way to describe it. <laughs> and um, And when I got the pages back from Claire, I was just like, unbelievable like it's amazing i couldn't i couldn't have asked for it to have been better i couldn't have begged for it to have been better and uh and the printer that i usually use i had brought a lot of business to him so he had told me he's like look you know um i'll give you i'll give you a run i'll I'll give you a discounted run you know because you brought me a lot of business so because it was a black and white book he ended up running off a hundred books for free for me Awesome. So the first, the first uh, printing is digest size, and there's only a hundred of them in in existence. And then the second printing, which is what you got, is just regular standard size. Oh man! But, not that, not that I don't love it, but I'm like, oh crap! I'm like, please tell me this one's one of the hundred. Please, like, no, 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 no. Um, it, if it's digest size, it's one of the hundred. Um, but I mean, that's pretty much one of the main reasons why the book got done was because my, my printer, Ken, who's an amazing guy said to me, you know, I'll, I'll run, it's a black and white book. I can run it off. You know, you, you brought me a lot of business. I'll run it off as a comp for you. And I was like, ha ha, you're awesome. You know, (laughs) and we subsequently, we have paid for subsequent printings, but that first run, what the reason why it got done was because Ken was so cool to us. So we did this book. And um, people who had read M3 picked this book up and friends and family were sending me emails, sending my husband emails being like, is Erica off the wagon? Because <laughs> it's like, maybe I mean, we know she's we know she's been clean and sober for a couple of years now. But did she get off the wagon? Because this is uh, fucking retarded and weird. And what is this? And it was just straight up insanity. And it doesn't take itself seriously. Like we were talking about the A-team. A-team, right. It doesn't take itself seriously. Um, I, I did get a couple of British people rail against me for, uh, for desecrating a national treasure. What? Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, as if you're the first person to ever. As if I'm the first person to ever talk shit about Winston Churchill. Are you kidding me? Like in eighth grade, me and my best friend, and all we used to do was make jokes about the big three. So I, you know, I, I, I got, I couldn't believe it. I, and I said to the guy, I was like, look, if you, if you're really that insulted by it, I'll give you your money back. But I really don't think you should have taken it that seriously because I even, I did run the book by, um, my girlfriend, Fiona, who lives in England, I ran the book by her. I had her look it over. I had her make sure that all my little phrases were British enough and everything. And Fiona had given the seal of approval, and that is all that matters to me. But you know what, though? I will say, 
for someone to go out of their way to then give you shit for being <laughs> like, you know, you've desecrated like a national icon. I think in a way you have to take like a personal nailed it moment. Like, you know what? I pissed somebody <laughs> off with this. I really, I've really done it. I re- I pissed this guy off enough that he's, you know, insulted. But yeah, you know, like you didn't piss anybody off with like the level of violence and brutality. And anger. oh, I did you, though. You have, oh, I did. After um, after Newtown, I had I had put something up on Twitter, uh, or it was either Twitter or Facebook because I used to be on Facebook. It was one of the two, but I put something up. It's probably Facebook if it means if you got vitriol from it uh, like unexpectedly. It's probably Facebook. I had put something up about you know like look. You know, people, we need to, we need to get some gun control laws in this country. We need to, to realize that, you know, you don't just go and shoot up a school. Like, let's be honest. Um, and one of, and one of my girlfriends from college, her son, luckily he was in the afternoon session, but he went to Newtown. He was for his, her four-year-old son, four-year-old son. Well, he's not four years old anymore, but her four-year-old son went to Newtown and, um, strangely enough, her name is also Erica. Um, so it, it is something that I have a personal connection to my friend and everything. And luckily her and her son were okay, but some of her, you know, other parents that she knew, obviously they were very much affected by this. So I made a comment online about how there needs to be gun control laws, how we need to work on background, how all this stuff. And, at least two people came after me and said, who the fuck do you think you are? You write a book about a woman who kills people. You're talking about gun control laws and you're writing and, and I'm flipping through your book and all I'm seeing is she's throwing knives at people. She's shooting people. She's doing this. She's doing that. You have no leg to stand on. You're, you're, you're not a legitimate uh, 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 person to be able to make, be making these arguments. And uh, well, <laughs> I, well, I got I mean, pissed. Rightfully so. I mean, they do realize it's a fictional character, right? Well, yeah, it's... I mean, relatively. It's it's a fictional character, but at the same time, I don't have my character killing children. I don't have my character going off and doing all this other stuff. And, and, the, and it also has to be in context. You know, yes, M3 is a violent book. I'm the first person to admit that. There's a lot of blood and there's violence in it. And I take full responsibility for writing it that way. But put it in context. So, so I have gotten shit for writing a violent, violent book. And I've gotten shit for writing a comedy book. I think I'm just going to get shit for writing anything anyway. <laughs> I'm going to open but, my mouth and somebody's going somebody's gonna to give me hell for it. And, you know, whatever. That's just the way it's going well, to be. What I should do is just post this and then, like, go on Twitter under, like, anonymous account and then be like, I heard you on Adrian Has Issues. And you know what? <laughs> You're run down to the A-team. is completely baseless. And you don't have any luck to stand on in this conversation. You've never flown a tank. Who the hell's but ever you know flown what? a fucking tank? I well, I will be the guy who I've done so. I don't know. Oh my god! <laughs> but at the same time, that's so cool because you know what? At the end of the day, you've now like I guess entered the you know you've entered the conversation, and that, that's I don't know. Like, is there a part of you that ever says to yourself like I mean that's that's pretty horrible to have happen to you because all you're trying to do is you know obviously you know just put your work out there and then have someone kind of just give you a whole bunch of flack for it. But I don't know. A part of me is kind of like, Hey, you know what? They're paying attention. Well, yeah. Part of, you know, there's, there's that crappy old saying of, you know, no publicity is bad publicity kind of thing. Um, and 
and I'm not doing it for publicity sake. I mean, I, I have a big mouth and I say things and, and I, I want, I, I want people to take notice of certain issues that are going on in the world. Um, and sometimes I will keep my mouth shut because I, there are times that I'm thinking to myself, you know what, you don't want to open that can of worms because there are crazy ass people out there. And with the whole Gamergate thing, I mean, there's some, I, I, I mean, uh, I'm not even, I'm not even going to get into that. My, my understanding, my understanding of it is basically it's a bunch of assholes. That's my understanding of it. So, I mean, so without getting into that, but you know, I, there are things that, I, I don't have like a platform. Like I'm not like a Gail or a Kelly Sue where like I open my mouth and people listen. I don't have that platform. Um, but I have enough people that seem to take what I say seriously. And if I can turn around and say, look, we there needs to be a conversation about, you know, whether it's gun control or you know, race relations or the way the police are treating people. Like, there needs to be a conversation. I'm going to say it. And if people are going to rail me against it, fine. That's that's just, you know, it's life. You can never open your mouth and not expect somebody to, to talk shit. Right. But you just kind of hope, hey, you know, instead of being instead of being so quick to jump on somebody's ass, just stop for a second. Think about what they're saying. And you don't have to agree with it, but don't be the first person to be like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about, or how dare you say something, you know, you write a book about a violent person, how how dare you say anything against violence? You know, just take a moment and realize it's fiction. You know, that's, that's it. So, I'm not running around killing people. Come on. Well, the only problem is you're also not riding around on raptors, and you know what? That you know, I got it. That needs, that needs to happen. There was there was a, a a Halloween costume. Thank you for lightening the mood, by the way, because I know I was going in a deep dark place, and I was like, segue. Um, no, not at all. I I'm sorry. Like I'm one of those people. Like you know what? This is the stuff like I enjoy because you know what? A conversation doesn't always have to be pretty. I'm not one that's like, oh, happy sunshine and rainbows. Oh, no, trust me. There's a reason why I love M3 because it's dark. I don't fart unicorns, all right? I mean, that's just what I tell people. Like, you know, I'm not farting pixie dust. So <laughs> it's, you're not going to get like this, like, happy-go-lucky bullshit from me because that's just not really who I am. But, the, I mean, I can be a happy-go-lucky kind of person, but for the most part, I'm kind of, you know, gloom and doom and dreary. And my husband just sort of shakes his head and goes, oh, God, honey, the world isn't that terrible. And I'm like, well, you're not opening your eyes then. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, there was a great uh, Halloween costume that somebody found, which is, like, it's a blow-up. It's a blow-up raptor, and your legs go into the legs of the raptor, but it looks like on the outside that you have like blow up legs that are like, so you're riding a dinosaur. It's on my, I have a picture of it. I put it on my Twitter feed and it's just outrageous. And I want to see somebody cosplay as Winston Churchill. And that. I was just about to say, all they had to do was put Winston Churchill, like, you know, dressed as them and then just ride the Raptor. That would be epic. Absolutely epic. That would, then I would be like, wow, I've arrived. That, and if somebody ever came to my table and had had cosplayed as M3, that would be awesome. I don't think you're too far off. And 
I, I can't wait for the next volume of that book. Um, what did you say that was coming out again? Well, volume two is actually the printer. My printer who gave me my, my free Churchill's, he's, he's sending, I literally think there's 15 boxes coming. Awesome. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm going to create a, a, like a, a castle fort in my apartment from all these goddamn boxes. <laughs> so you'll be appearing in any other conventions anytime soon, or is it too soon to say? Um, as of right now, uh, I, I'm going back and forth about special edition because it's not at Javits this year. As as far as I saw, it was down at, a, it's in the Boat Basin. Which, I don't, that's right, it's at like Pier 94 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, that's like up at like 54th Street, I think, and 12th Avenue. So it's not yeah, quite the Boat like, Basin. Boat Basin is more like 70s, but... Yeah, I was very surprised about that because I'm like, what did they not get that space? But then, unfortunately, anytime like you know near the docks, I hear something like pier something. I always figure, okay, either a drug deal's going <laughs> down or like Hydra's got like a secret base down there. I don't know. I watched too many movies. Batman right? is, Nothing- you know, Batman is is intercepting a, a a giant case, you know, giant cases of of illegal liquor going to the Iceberg Lounge, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Nothing ever good happens at the docks. I watch a lot of Lethal Weapon. Like, you know, just... Well, that's like, I mean, you know, that's that's like a trope that uh, I guess trope is probably the wrong word. But like, that's like the whole thing. It's like, you know, you're, you're writing a story. You want something seedy to happen. Where does that happen? Down at the docks. You know, so in other words, you go to special edition, there's going to be people with missing fingers and eye patches. And like, you know, you bring your and it's not cosplay. <laughs> They're like, oh, he's like that guy from that movie. You know, he- it's like a dude with a fucking hook for a hand. Right? It's like, did you bring the product? I'm like, what, my comics are signed? It's like, no, the product. And then, you know, it's like, he's got like his headphones. He's like, he's wearing a wire. Then shit goes down. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll have to look at the venue because I'm not too familiar with Pier 94. But um, if you do go, hopefully we'll be able to see you then. Yes. And, and you know, uh, we are putting M3 uh, Volume 2 is going into Diamond's uh, catalog. So we'll be in stores. I'm hoping to get it in for uh, for May. I'm not entirely sure if I'm going to be able to make it for May. But but that is my hope. Um so if I can get it, if I get my copy and and get it to my uh, diamond rep fast enough, hopefully we can get it in stores by May. Awesome. So where can the good people? Um, actually, if you don't mind me asking, um, so what is next? Um, other than M three, any other projects you have coming on? Um, well, I have another story with Claire that uh, I've outlined, but I haven't actually finished writing. Uh, it will be titled "Cheese by Any Other Name." Um, yeah, when I said Claire and I are going to do another story together, people are like, where can I send my money already? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much so, it. That's kind of where I was going with so that. So we've, we've taken on Churchill, and now we are doing our version of Shakespeare. And I know I'm going to get hate mail for this. Oh, I was going to say, well, you've already quoted Shakespeare once today, so you know what? Fuck him. I don't give a shit if I get hate mail on this. Because this, if anybody... if anybody takes this story seriously they need a 5150 like they need to be put in a mental hospital if anybody takes this story seriously because it is (laughs) it is it's gonna be more absurd than churchill if that is even how i I can't give it away have you i know you wrote it but do you know how that book ended yes i do (laughs) i do and if you read the actual script the actual script all it just says is you know when we 
when we get to that last page, all it says is we're fucked. <laughs> and I just say to Claire, I say what happens because I don't want to spoil it. I say what happens. I say what we see. And I say Churchill sold us out. We're all fucked. <laughs> oh, I, I can't wait. It's going to be so much Maybe fun. that's what the guy had a problem with because I said Churchill sold us out. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I, you know, let's be honest. The man was a quote unquote war hero, but he was not very soft and fuzzy. No. Um, bit of a boozer. Something I consider a kindred spirit. But... <laughs> you know, so we just, I think, I think we. We, you know, showed him in a pretty normal light. We could have been worse, but... Oh, yeah, that book could have been far worse. And the thing is, considering... It's a pretty soft target, considering, you know, how those things normally go. Yeah, yeah. But I'm pretty sure I'm going to get some hate mail after the Shakespeare thing. But Awesome. Well, if you do, we'll have to have you back on. To oh, I will have to come back on to talk about my hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> or, I mean, even if you don't get hate mail, even if it's going praise, I would love to have you back on. This has been an absolute. I, anytime you let me know, thank you so much. It was we. I, I finally found somebody else who loves the A team. <laughs> That's okay. I grew up on cheesy action movies. I'd be morally remiss if I hated that movie. Oh, exactly, exactly. Man, Lethal Weapon was like so good. I mean, I could never get over the fact that I got to see Mel Gibson's naked butt in the beginning. I mean, let's be honest. Which is so funny, like, total aside, like, again, like, now I'm going with the tangents. I was listening to, I don't know if you ever listened to the uh, podcast, How Did This Get Made? Um, I don't know. I might. There was this whole bit, I guess they were doing an episode about, um, what's the movie, um, Stallone, T- uh, Tango. <gasps> I love that movie. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's terrible. Stallone is all it's smart. <laughs> he's wearing suits for and he's wearing glasses and he's like and he looks all smart and it's almost like stop if my um, or my mom will shoot but like smarter yeah and not as dark yeah that movie is strangely creepy i don't know it's just it weirds me yeah, out it's a still getty hello fucking golden <laughs> girls with a gun but like at one point in the show they're talking about like in like as far as action movies especially in the 80s how there was this or even the early 90s, like, this plethora of just, like, guys' butts, like, just blatantly thrown out on the screen. And I guess someone posed a question, like, well, who's into that sort of thing? Well, there you go. I, There's you know, I just, I just remember being like, oh, naked butt! <laughs> but in the beginning, you're like, oh, chicks with boobs! You know? So it was like, it was one of those movies where in the first 10 minutes, you get all the tingly feelings. You know? Right? And you're like... Then the body start dropping, and it's like it's it's something for everybody. Exactly, and then you're like, "Oh my god, why am I feeling this way?" <laughs> and that's when you got to ask like the track coach, who's also your health teacher, and like teaching sex ed. And you're like, "Mr. Murphy, why do you get the tingly feelings when you when you watch a dirty movie?" You know, kind of thing. <laughs> was it? It was eighth grade. I remember there was a girl in my eighth grade class. Her name was Gray Booker. Gorgeous girl gorgeous i remember we all loved her because she was the only one who had the balls to ask mr murphy why you got the tingly feeling if you saw boobs <laughs> gray was my fucking hero gray booker if you are out there you are still my hero because mr murphy did not know how to answer that question and he had to talk about like you you visual stimulation and he was just not comfortable about that there you go there you go Ray Booker, my fucking hero. 
<laughs> I almost said that to just name the episode an ode to Grey Booker. You should. G R E I. Wait, hold on. I'm actually. You That's, know what? That, that is her. Ep- this is the episode, the ode to Grey Booker. G R A. G R E I. G R E I. G I. Grey and just Booker. B O O K E R. Grey Booker. Awesome. She was beautiful. Beautiful girl, very funny, very smart, and she was the, the she was the one who had the guts to ask Mr. Murphy, who was like the gym teacher slash health slash sex ed teacher. You know, it was public school in Jersey. I mean, come on, let's be honest. <laughs> they had one person do seventeen jobs, and uh, well, look, I you know. I don't I did five maybe five months of public school. I was a Catholic school rat. So. Oh, see, I only did. Yeah. I only did. What was it? Uh, first, second, and third grade was Catholic school, and then we couldn't afford it anymore. And we're like, "Yeah, you're going to public school now. We're paying for it anyway." I'm sure it's. I'm sure you'll get a good education, Erica. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, it's not like I had. And she went off the- it's not like I had a say in it. Right. Um. But yeah. So, and then it turned into like a threat. Like, if you don't keep your grades up, you're going to Catholic school. It's like, oh. Turns out, well, see, with us, it was the other way around. Holy shit. Like, wow, that's, that's, whoa, looking back. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, this went weird. <clears throat> oh, boy, because that was a threat. Like, we had to go to public school. Like, oh, God. <laughs> hey, it's, you know, we didn't get to the point of having, uh, having, um, metal detectors in our school, but we did have police. Officers. No, we didn't either. We had police officers walking up and down the, the halls. We had Salesian sisters, which are like the closest thing the cops will ever get, which I don't know. Well, if you're from Jersey, then you'll know you'll know this town. I'm from Teaneck. Oh, okay. I know Teaneck. Yeah. People are like, I oh, I know Teaneck. You're one of those people from Teaneck. <laughs> no, I don't know if you're one of No, I've, I've known some people from Teaneck and no, you're not. You're not Teaneck because Teaneck's a little rough. Uh, Yeah, that's because I'm putting on my good face. Yeah. No, well, I mean, I... <laughs> Shut the shit down real quick. Yeah, yeah. Tina, Tina can get can get rough. And I'm, I'm, I, I definitely know that. <laughs> high, you know, I gotta say, Tina Kai is not like, it's, it's not rainbows and butterflies. I mean, I don't know how it is now, but we're talking early, mid-90s. It was not rainbows and butterflies at Tina Kai. So, <laughs> ask anybody. But Grey Booker is still my fucking hero. <laughs> oh boy! So um, speaking of like shoutouts and things like that, or shameless promotion, um, where can a good people online reach you? Okay, if they so choose. Uh, well, m3comic.com. You can pick up the books. You can. Uh, we're issues one through eleven are on Comicsology. Um, I've been approved for twelve, but I don't know why it's not up yet for whatever reason. Uh, but you can purchase the books digitally or uh, or in print at m3comic.com. You can go to facebook.com slash m3comic. I've been kind of remiss in uh, keeping up with that page, but I will try to be more on top of it. Um, if you're into saucy, uh, very unpolitically correct, you know, loudmouth girl from Teaneck, you can uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It's Erica Schultz forty two. Um, I'm gonna have some stuff coming out from some other publishers, but I don't think I can talk about it just yet. But I will have two stories coming out from one publisher 
um, sometime this year, one I'm co-writing with a, um, a very good and particularly awesome Marvel writer, but I can't say who, but you'll find out. Oh, uh, the, damn it, Erica. What'd you say? I said, damn it, Erica. I can't say who. I'm sorry. Um, I know you she can't. Does, okay. She does do a very popular book. And I'm very, very happy to be working with her on one particular part of it. And then there is a uh, another story in the same crossover that I'll be working on, but I'll be writing it myself, not co-writing it with this lovely lady. And uh, that'll the the co-written book should be coming out in the first mon- month of the crossover, and then my book will be coming out in the second month of the crossover. And then I have a third thing coming out, but I can't talk about it yet. And there's just just know that there's stuff. I've got stuff okay. coming out. Lots of stuff coming out. And it, it's all different kinds of stuff and from all different publishers. And hopefully that will just keep going. I cannot wait. And I'm going to take that cue from Comics Alliance and like, hire this woman, please. <laughs> Please Whoever hire me. To this? Please hire me. Yes. Uh, I've got I've got pitches out all over the place. I've got, you know, I've got more pitches out than like a whore right now. So I just <laughs> I just I just want to work. I just want to write. I mean, that's all I want to do is like write more. That's all I want to do is just keep writing and just just keep doing it. And um and I, you know, I was very I, I got an awesome shout out today from Gail Simone, which was pretty dope. <gasps> That is pretty awesome. So, you know, Gail made some comment about me ruling comics or ruling the world or something. And I'm like, I'm not going to rule the world. But it'd be nice. Yeah, exactly. Hmm, She says that she strokes her fake beard. (laughs) And then I'll be the one getting angry because someone made a comic where you're like, I don't know, riding on a dolphin or something. (laughs) And then I get to be the one who complains that they ruled the sanctity of Erica Schultz. No, you could just say to them that I wouldn't be riding a dolphin. I would be riding a beluga whale. They are kind of cuter. I guess. I honestly, I don't even know the difference between the two. Well, dolphins got like the. And the belugas kind of they, they kind of belugas look like dolphins that had unfortunately suffered a head injury. They had like that weird sort of lump in the front. It's just what's the what's the oh no it's a narwhal that's what I want I want to ride a narwhal narwhals are basically like they're unicorns they're unicorns of okay, the there sea. You go. The narwhal. I want to. I want to be. I want to be in a comic riding a narwhal, the unicorn of the sea. They, I don't know. I think at some point you and Claire might have to actually do like auto like these like autobiographical comics, but clearly they're not. You know, they're clearly just batshit crazy. Yes. Well, you know, we could definitely do that. Claire's Claire's pretty awesome, and uh, I absolutely adore working with her because she's. And at some point, I'm gonna have to have you both on the show talk because I, I feel like that'd be a great, awesome cross talk. You well, anytime you want, Claire, just just hit her up on Twitter. She'll be like, "Okay, I'll do whatever you want." She's just she will be on any any show. She will talk about all the insane, and she's got amazing, fantastic books that she doesn't her own like she's got ridiculous like here and here and back she's got black sales she's got um she's got black eyes she's got oculus i mean she's got some fantastic books that she does on her own she doesn't need me claire's like claire's you know rising through the ranks on her own she's not riding on anybody's coattails if anything i want to ride on hers <laughs> like a narwhal like a narwhal why not claire will be my narwhal Claire, you are my narwhal. And then she's, watch, I'm going to get an email and be like, 
the fuck are you talking about? Narwhals? Like, is that the next book we're doing? I thought it had to do with sheep and cows. What about this is narwhal shit? So. But, uh, right. That'll do good for another episode of Agent Has Issues. I'm Adrian. And I'm Erica Schultz, and thank you so much for having me. Thank you, and um, we'll see you next issue, guys. Hey guys, how's it going? It's Adrian again, doing a little post-credits, uh, little spiel for you here. Hopefully you really enjoyed this episode. I know I did. Granted, they're all kind of fun. It always, it'd be weird if I ended every show by saying, man, I really hated that guest, and oh, I was terrible, but obviously that's not the case. It's been a lot of fun, but before I go, I want to let you guys in on some uh, fun stuff that's going on. First off, you're hearing this for the first time and maybe trying to figure out, hey, I like this Adrian guy. I like the cut of his jib. Where can I actually chat with him online? There's a couple of places where you could do that. There's our main website, which is adrianhasissues.com. That's pretty much where you can access all the episodes. If you so choose, you can stream them on the site. You can download them if you wish onto whatever listening device you have. But I understand this is, you know, 2015, the day of the iPods a little bit over. You know, a lot of people have smartphones now, which I know, wow, that makes me sound old. A lot of people have these newfangled smartphones. But if you're one of those people that's like, you know what, I don't want to have to download anything. I don't like hard data clogging on my phone. I need, you know, pictures and like, you know, stone Snapchats and stuff like that. Don't worry. You can go to the Stitcher Radio app, which is available for iOS and Android devices. And probably, I think also Kindle Fire's got some stuff going on with Stitcher. But you can search for Adrian Has Issues there. We're also on the Ever reliable iTunes. Again, search Adrian has issues there. I'm also on Twitter at Adrian has issues and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Adrian has issues. And before I go, one more thing. I announced it earlier and you'll actually probably see it on the website page, but we also have a really, really, really awesome comic book giveaway. I'm giving away volume one of the trade paperback for Black Widow, which is the Edmondson Noto run, which is currently going, and even if you're not a big Black Widow fan, I actually recommend this book only because it's fantastic. It really is a really cool spy espionage thriller, and it's a shame that Black Widow hasn't gotten her own movie yet, but at the same time, at least she's getting her due somewhere, so I really hope people checked it out, so check out all the sites I mentioned, check our main website, check Twitter, Facebook, and Within at least, I would say by next week, I will be giving the details on how you can win yourself a copy of that. I'll throw in some other goodies. Not going to tell you what they are, but just some fun things. Just a way of saying, hey, thanks for checking us out. It's been a lot of fun. But I'll let you go because I don't want this to be one of those post credit sequences or a podcast that has eight different endings. So for now, check that stuff out and uh, we will see you next issue. <laughs>